You're listening to a DM podcast. All right, g'day guys. Welcome to episode 212 of Talking with TK. And I've got a great guest tonight, my special guest, Luke Rooney. So Luke is an NRL premiership winner with Penrith Panthers in 2003. He played 140 first grade games for the Panthers, scoring a whopping 65 tries, as well as five games for the New South Wales Blues in State of Origin, six test matches for Australia. He converted to Rugby Union for seven seasons. He also played for the likes of Toulon in France and also the Melbourne Rebels in Super Rugby. Today, he's the founder of Rugby Pro Academy, coach at LR Performance, and he's also coaching at Scott College in Melbourne. We welcome to the podcast, Luke Rooney. G'day, Luke. Justin, how are you, mate? Thanks for having me. Mate, it's an absolute pleasure. We're having a bit of a laugh before the two Westies used to ref you, and uh, so it's good It's good to connect and do a potty, mate. So welcome. But Thank you, First things first, mate, let's, let's go be up, up green because in a little bit of research, I heard your parents were English. So take me, yes. take me through that, mate. Well, my mum and dad were uh, Londoners. They were from London. They came over. They, they told me when they came over, it was like a, the boat used to come over and bring them over. Something like 80, 80 quid back then or even cheaper, I think. Uh, and they got <laughs> out of England because it's so cold. And they, uh, they, I think they went straight to um, Coogee or Bondi. Um, then, then when they raised a family... People just went out west back okay. then. So they went out west. Um, so I was, yeah, I was brought up in kind of the English um, household. Uh, I had an older brother as well. And I suppose it was a bit weird for my dad because, well, my brother just started playing rugby league. Coming from from Penrith, there's nothing yeah. else you do there. It's just playing rugby <laughs> league. Yeah, yeah. And I think my mum and dad were thinking, oh, we're thinking he's going to get to soccer, both of us. But, um, you know, you'd go to school, I remember even the younger days, and it was just all rugby league. So um, I had no choice, mate, being out west, that's for sure. Mate, do your parents still have accents? My dad doesn't. My mum still has accents, especially on the telephone. Yep. You can hear it a bit. But they've been over here for a long time. So, um, yeah, they've got a bit of ochre about them. How good, mate. Did you qualify? You must have qualified then without being a foreigner, right, when you went overseas? Uh, yeah, so I had an English passport. Not, not thinking I was ever gonna gonna use it, but I got it just for like traveling uh, when I get a bit older. So I got it when I was uh, about sixteen, seventeen. Yep. And lucky I did it. it. It was pretty good. Now it doesn't mean a thing, especially going back to France because of the Brexit. But um, back then, I was. Um, oh, here's Liam. So, Hello, Liam. <laughs> How are you, buddy? Um, so yeah, it was good to have, and I could get into into France and uh, Europe pretty easy, especially for the rugby. So um, I'm not Canada as a, as a foreigner back then, yep. which was good. Mate, were you born in Penrith? I was born in yeah, Nepean Hospital. Yeah, nice, so full, full Penrith boy. My my nephew just five weeks ago Nepean Hospital, mate. So oh wow, yeah, my yeah, brother's living in in Springwood. Oh, Springwood. Well, I yeah, that's where I used to live as well before I moved overseas. I used to, well, I used to come commute from Springwood down to uh, to Penrith to to play and train. So I love it up there. Blue Mountains is great. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Mate, six foot four, mate. Where do you get this height from? Uh, my mum's side. My dad's a bit shorter, um, but um, yeah, my mum's side were always a bit taller. They're always past six foot. My brother's about six one. Um, yeah, so I got it from my mum's side. I think I was going to be that tall, but um, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, paid off, mate. Mate, you had that great – I'll play you a clip later, and that's obviously the one from the grand final, and you're just sprinting away from mini, but you just had that strong athletic style. Like, mate, what age were you when you first picked up the Walter well, Sprinter's boots? Um, well, I I was always into rugby league when I grew up, and I think I started at four playing rugby league at a club, uh, Amy Plains, and then um, 
really loved rugby. And then when I was about 9, 10, 11, I started really getting into athletics. Mm. I absolutely loved it. And I thought I really wanted to make something out of athletics. I just did – like I still love rugby league, but I was more – if I was going to do anything, I was going to do athletics. So I absolutely loved the, the 400, a little bit of the 800. And um, so that's where, yeah, I absolutely – from like 10 to 15, it was just all athletics. I absolutely, uh, absolutely loved it. Yeah, with those long strides, mate, you must have killed it over the 400. Give me your time, Lukey. Uh, a time – well, I've got a time when I was a bit younger. I think 14, 15, I was probably doing a 51. Um, I think about that. I can't remember. I remember one time when I was a bit – I think it was 2007, we had to do a 450 uh, just a, like a pre-season thing. You have to see how fast you went. And I know I clocked – I went about four, a low 49 – on running on first in the first lane in joggers. Yeah. So that was when I was pretty fit. I was about 20, 25 then. So I reckon I would have been all right. I was probably 95 kilos, 96 kilos as well. So there's not many 400 meters no. that big. Mate, I got to interview Patrick Johnson a couple of years ago. He was an amazing yep. fella as well. And, mate, that's the only yep. thing I tune in for the Olympics pretty much, just a 100-meter dash. Like, for me, it's that's just – it's unbelievable, oh, the athleticism. Oh, it's it's unbelievable. Just yeah, I, I love all of it. The the hundred meter sprint, you know, the, the way they take off and the way they finish as well. And then you've got the like the marathon runners or the ten k runners running a like a fifty two last lap after a ten k. It's just like unbelievable athletes, mate. I love watching it. Yeah, absolutely, mate. So, mate, you Emu Plains Junior Rugby League. What was what was kind of like the first impression of a young Luke Rooney at the footy field? Uh, the first year, it took a while to kind of get, get into it. The first year, I didn't really know what I was doing. I always remember saying, I remember the parents saying, pass Luke the ball because he never gets it. Yeah, yeah. I just remember that. Um, and then the next year, I think I watched my brother play. Um, and then I was kind of, yeah. And I, and I was quite tall for my age as well, yep. which I had those long strides, which is good. So the next couple of years, I really kind of flourished a bit more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, I wasn't I wasn't too bad, and I suppose like everyone, you grow a bit, and then everyone catches up, and you kind of together. And then if you want to really go go for it, you have to really train hard and go on. But um, yeah, I was lucky I did that. Mate, what's young Liam into? What sports does he play? Liam, well, well, he's French, so his 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 mum's kind of like let's play soccer, let's play soccer. But um, he's really into the rugby union after the last World Cup. Yep. love the All Blacks. Um, but then we've just been putting Penrith on, and he's a mad Penrith supporter now. So he had the jersey on for the grand final, and um, lo- he, d- is, uh, he must just have that bogan in him. He just loves the league, mate. So not as much union, but he really loves that league. So, he's, yeah, uh, loves Penrith, uh, doesn't mind the storm. So, mate, yeah. Mate. Whatever he wants to do is fine, but I think it's just in his blood. Once a Westie, always a Westie. Come on, Looney. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> mate, where were you for – what did you do for grand final day? Well, I was here. I was in lockdown. Yeah, true. So we couldn't really do anything. Um, and it was the same as the year before because I'd love to go up, go see the boys from 203 and the boys I used to play with. Yep. Just couldn't do it, which is disappointing. Um, but I'm, I'm glad they got over the line this year. Mate, how uncanny is it just the similarities between 2003 and last year and this year's team? Like when you think about it, you go through the whole team, right? How many teams has yep. a son and, a, and their dad coaching? Like. That's yeah, never probably yeah. going to be done again, right? You think about you and Louis as the wingers, Toho and Crichton yeah. as the wingers. wingers. You think about the best halfback at the time was Gowie. The best yeah. halfback in time now is Cleary. You think yeah. about the big 
well, Tony Pulitua and Kikau. You talk about Marty Lang and James Fisher-Harris, Appy and Luke. Uh, yeah. Mate, it just goes on. I've never seen anything like it. It's it's it definitely is a bit weird. Um, it's just it's just great to see. And I, it's one team I just love watching. I've been love watching them play for the last two years. Um, and you could just see that they're all really enjoying their rugby, like just really enjoying it. It just shows. Um, and what they went through with the resilience they had going through the semi, uh, well, the final series. Um, mate, yeah, I was in awe. I was just like I had goosebumps, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite weird, isn't it, when you think of what happened in 2003 and it's taken this long to win another comp, but it's so quite similar in, in, in parts. Yeah. Hey, mate, hey, what's it like in terms of, like, old boys? You guys all keep in touch on that? We do keep in touch, but, like, a lot of people are in Queensland, like Sats is in Queensland. A few people are in um, up the coast, Wollongong. That I'm in Melbourne. Yep. So it's quite hard to get together. We did do a reunion a couple of years back, which was really good. Uh, we've got to do it more often, especially after this lockdown. Um, like we do, you know, send messages, friends on Facebook, what yeah. But the problem is everyone's just all over the place. So yeah, I think we're we're um, we're due for a for a catch up. That's for sure, mate. Do you still wear the the ring, mate? I wouldn't take it off if I had one. Well, I just felt weird wearing one, and I haven't seen anyone actually wear one like forever, like all the time. The only one I've seen wear one was Brett Kamali. He wore it everywhere. Okay. Um, apart from that, I haven't seen anyone else. Um, so my dad's got it. He lives in Foster now. He's got it still. I have to get it back off him. And um, he wears. It. He probably wears it down the bolo, mate. He's was, on a Friday. Say, yeah. <laughs> probably get some free beers. Yeah, wear that around. He'll be yeah. yeah he'll be. <laughs> <laughs> mate, who spotted you to to Penrith? Was is that Jimmy Jones guy? Yeah, I, yeah, Jimmy Jones. Yeah, he's been there. Well, I remember him picking even my my brother. He was in. Uh, development squads when he was under 12s and that, and it was Jimmy Jones taking care of that. Yeah. Um, and I've known Jimmy Jones since I was about 14, 14, and he started speaking. And when I think I was 15, he called me in to um, go on a trip to New Zealand with the age above. Yeah. I think it was up in the 16s. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's just been great. He's always a, a beautiful bloke, Jimmy, and, um, yeah, I have to catch up to him next time I go to Penrith. Yeah, it's always good seeing Jimmy on the sideline because you know there's a few good players playing because he's not there. He's there for a reason, for sure. He, well, yeah, he knows how to pick a player, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and as such a beautiful bloke makes it even better. But, um, yeah, he definitely knows his, his stuff. Yeah, mate, watching some of your, you know, development squads coming through, mate, they're pretty intense. It's it's quite a, you know, Penrith's got a huge advantage. Like, And I think a lot of clubs are catching up now in terms of building academies and things like that. But we're talking about me and you are both born in 82. So I'm 39. I think you're a little bit younger than me. Stay yeah, that way too, mate. born in early January, <laughs> 83. 83, so, just, yeah. You yeah. got me. <laughs> just a little bit, yeah. But, mate, it's true. Like, we've – Penrith always known to have juniors, like, even growing up, like, we had – in our year, who were about around our age, we had so many players that, who kicked on. You know, um, Danny Galea, Luke Lewis, yeah. people like that. It was like Shane Rodney. We had so many people. And um, I suppose you always hear of different people coming through the ranks and they kind of went somewhere else. Mm. Um, so I didn't, I didn't know because I remember Des Hasler coming to my old school saying he, he went to my school. So it was a bit weird. Um, you hear all these things. So, um, yeah, but it's good. Just What I loved is watching juniors because I know what it feels like. You're coming through the ranks. There's only one team you want to play for, and that's Penrith. You go through the ranks, SG ball, jersey flag, you do all that, and to win a grand final like this year, very proud of them. Yeah, mate. 
the juniors coming through as well. Like, how many times do you see Luke, like players that are the best and like the great, not even make it because they get in trouble off the field. They might even end up in jail, anything like that. But what's great is now, especially in the Mount Druid area with Jerome Luai and also Brian Tohol yeah. still being in that area. I'm hoping it's really going to inspire them because we see so many kids not even make it when they're the best in their in their age groups, man. It's so true. And I hate to say it, it's just like you see all this talent and so, you know, it gets wasted because they can, they can really be anything. And I think coming with the with the boys this year you know we'll go through and say well they're from my area they kind of grew up how i grew up um and i can still get there you know what i mean as you, you actually see them in your community go oh wow he's top of his game now what you know if i put some hard work in and mm. um you know really have my mind set on a goal um i can do anything with my life and even if you don't make rugby if you if you do the uh, the same mindset as rugby you can do anything in life, you know, because it's it teaches a lot of things, rugby, which I didn't really notice until I retired. Definitely, mate. Do I remember this right? Did you use the goal kick when you were coming through? I did. I thought I so, did. yeah. A yes. lefty, right? I was a big lefty, yes. I thought so. so. Look at my memory. Mate, I'm not 39 at all. <laughs> You've got better memory than, my, than me, that's for sure. <laughs> but um, I did. But, of course, I went to straight to Penrith and it was good, so it was just no chance there. But, yeah, growing up, Oh, uh, yeah, loved the goal kick, and um, that was good. Yeah, nice, mate. Take me, you know, you just talked about it, mate. Some of those, when I remember refereeing them, like you just mentioned Danny Galera and Luke Lewis. I think that was Frank Frank Pritchard was in your grade too, wasn't he? Frank Pritchard was in our grade, and he was a winger back then. Yeah, I remember. For St. Clair, was it? Uh, I don't remember, because it was, I think he was in a different part of me, because we played, well, we played Luke Lewis, Danny Galera, Luke Swain was a year above. Yep. Um. Shane Rodney played for Riverston. Um, but I think he might – yeah, I think he did play for St. Clair. And then I just remember him seeing one year and then he said he's going to uh, Samoa for six months. Okay. And he came back and he was absolutely massive. Like this, <laughs> not fat massive, but just put on this weight. And ever since then he was in the middle and absolutely carved up. Yeah, nice. Mate, how was your kind of, you know, progressing? You progressed pretty rapidly through Mats and SG Ball, didn't you? Yeah, I think it happened. Look, I I wouldn't say I was the the greatest going through uh, the Harold Matthews. You know, I just made the squad. I was I was a winger. Definitely wasn't even close to really being a standout. That's for sure. Um, SG Ball, I went up a year and played, and we actually won that, uh, which was, which was great. Um, and that's when I kind of started to really kind of develop my football. Um, and my dad took me to the, to the gym. So I was a 400 meter runner. I was probably six foot two, six foot three, 75 kilos. So I just didn't have that weight behind me. Yep. My dad took me in the gym for about a year and I put on about 15 kilos and then got onto these squads. And then back then we had great coaches as well at, at Panthers. So, you know, Matthews, I had uh, Brad Izzard, SG Ball, um, Colin Vandervoort. Uh, the next one was Peter Kelly. We had all these coaches, um, John Cartwright and then Roy Simmons. So you went through the ranks and you're getting coached by these go- guys from the 91 grand final yeah, that you grew up watching. Um, and they're just really good teachers of um, just the IQ of rugby league, you know what I mean? Reading the game, um, talking through mindset and that. So it was, it was, it was unreal. It was, I couldn't think of a better kind of system that they had back in the day. Luke, remember the big. I'm sure it's better now. Luke, remember the big complex next to Hickey's Lane? That's where it was. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was huge. That was, 
Mate, half of it, half of it was air, but hey, like, like half of it wasn't even used. Half of it was like kind of air. Like when you think how big this structure was, it, it was true. It was, it was a really weird structure because it went up all the way upstairs, and it was just this big. And um, yeah, so that's kind of where I, I did my weights and that. And I remember even before that, for the Matthews, you'd have to um, train at Hickey's Park. Yeah, and that was awful park oh, times. Mate, no grass. <laughs> Freezing at night. Remember the nights there, mate? Freezing at night, mosquitoes everywhere, um, but you just loved being there, you know? <laughs> that was the thing, mate. Talk to me a little bit about going to Dommies because that's a prestigious rugby league school, but back then it was probably only just kicking off in terms of, you know, winning MCSs and then obviously going on to, yeah. to higher honours, and you're probably the first kind of fleet of guys coming through that. But, mate, you made your debut from school, but... Just yeah. Talk me through Dommies, mate. Uh, another thing, the Dommies was just a great, great school. And I think my – I had a few – I had one of my best friends who was going to Dommies because I was – my brother went up the mountains. We lived up the Blue Mountains. Um, but he, they always said good things about St. Dominic's College. And um, so I was just like, oh, my dad asked me, did you really want to go? And they said, if you want to go, we'll, we'll make you go. And I had a really good athletics. I was more going there for the athletics yeah, yeah. and a bit of rugby. And they had a, um, a guy, a principal there called Graham Kennedy. He sadly passed away, but he, was, he used to play for the uh, Kiwi side. So rugby league guy. Um, I remember ha- still remember having a meeting, a lovely guy. And he was coaching me through the ranks as well. And they just, they had, I just love the school. I love being there. Great people teach you well, just all about being a good person. Um, and then went through the ranks. And then when I, when I was about, I think, 16 or year 11, I think Penrith put me on a scholarship, yep. just to go to the same school, um, which, was, which was good. So I can go to weights and all that at Penrith and uh, still go to do my HSC and that. So absolutely loved it there. Great people, great teachers. And um, I, th- I think uh, they're, what they're doing there is great because Cleary went there as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So a lot of people have gone there, Brad Fittler. Yeah, so, yeah, great school, mate. Is um, Some good people come out of that as ranks, that's for sure. For sure, mate. Now, take me through kind of year 12 because you make your debut against Canberra while still at school. Yep. Now, do you cop a call or a text that at school that you're about to debut, mate? Yeah, it was, it was, it was a weird. I remember Roycey calling me up at school holidays and said, mate, if you want to come down. And he used we used to have school holidays for two weeks. Yep. And I didn't go holiday. I'd go to Penrith. And trained with the first grade for like it was three times a day, like really tough training. But it, I just kind of got my confidence up, and I think that's what Royce did. He kind of just kind of slowly put me in. Yep. Um, and these scholars, whenever I had like a weekend off or a, or a school holiday, put me in, and I just grew and grew and grew. And I remember um, John Carr. I said, "Mate, you're pretty close to playing first grade." And I was like, "Serious? There's no way in the world." <laughs> Two, two weeks after that, um, Royce just came into the gym. I was working out. And he's like, oh, Robbie Boom Boom Beckett, great bloke as yeah. well. And I love, um, you know, watching him train that. He's like, he's got a, I think it was a hamstring injury. I want you to do this on the Friday. We had to play on a Saturday. Go with Boom, Boom Boom, and um, just do the do the fitness test with him. Yeah. Um, and then if he's out, you're in. And um yeah, Boom Boom tried to run it. He couldn't run properly, and he's a good, great bloke. Said good luck, and um, I had the Canberra the next day against Joel Monaghan, which I played junior kangaroos that same about six months before. So it was both of us doing the same debut. Yeah, um, and I just remember it was cold, it was wet. Being a winger, you're like, oh, 
shit, this is not good. But, um, mate, enjoyed it. And I think we won that game as well. How many of the boys made the trek down? Yeah, it was, yeah. So, mate, it was, uh, it was unreal. And I got to play. And then I, yeah. So it was good because we were struggling back then. And to win that first game, yeah. it was unreal. And then I think it was a few weeks and then we played Parramatta and I got me a bit more of a start. Did you get a fair few of the Dommies boys make the travel down? No, it was in a school holiday, so no one knew. And it wasn't like, I got a feeling I didn't even have a mobile phone back then. <laughs> Did I you have to? I was like the but... last person to get one of those Nokias. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The little snake game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't think I even told anyone. Maybe told a few because a lot of, because my, my, my friends were in Penrith where I lived in the Blue Mountains, which is 40 minutes away, 30, where I lived. Yep. So I didn't communicate heaps. Um, and because of school holidays, um, I didn't see him. So I think it must have got a bit of a shock. Mate, how did you get – did you used to catch a train at school? No, so my parents – well, my mum uh, worked at Nepean Hospital then. My dad worked at Barrett Smith down in um, uh, in Penrith there as well. Okay. So he was driving, he dropped me off and then, yeah. How good would it have been, mate, if you were, play, you were playing first grade at the time, you're catching public transport, year 12. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Good times, mate. Um, yeah, no, as I remember, it's just – it's it's great times. Like it's really good making NRL, but what what I really love is the build up towards it. You yep. know, I mean, you've got this big um, dreams of you think you maybe can play, it. and for the Matthews, you meet great blokes at SG Ball, and that's where I had the most fun. Just actually getting there it was it was really good. Yeah, the mateships are fantastic, mate. What was kind of like? I'm sure being at Penrith School, the teachers would have all been Penrith fans, like. At school, what what would how they treat you? Like, were you a god? No, I no, I was. They were pretty good. As I said, it was more about just being a good person. If he's an all right bike, you you'll be fine. Um, there was a few times where my mate um, used to, well, we both used to get in trouble, and he used to just take the brunt of it. Yeah, and he's like, um, I think that was because of that. But we used to just laugh at it. So. Um, but, yeah, I got off, I suppose, a little bit. But, um, no, they're pretty good down there. They keep you level-headed. Yeah. In terms of your mum and dad, who's the one that really kept you in check in terms of like, – I could only imagine how much harder it would have been just to keep your feet on the ground, mate. Um, yeah, I was, I was pretty pretty one-minded back then. Um, I was just always thinking about how I'm going to better myself. I wasn't like a guy who went out on the weekends as an 18-year-old and absolutely gets plastered blind. I just thought, you know, I – I really want to do that. And I've been that since I was probably 12, 13, 14 years old through athletics where yep. I mean, I do all the little one percenters to get there. Um, so it wasn't like I was this crazy dude who went out after the games and lost my head and didn't see him for a day and a half or something. I was pretty switched on and I didn't really um, go too hard until I got a bit older. But, um, yeah, I was well, they would have pulled me in, I'm sure, but I wasn't. I wasn't that kind of character. Yeah, Luke, you briefly touched on it before. You know, the first couple of seasons were pretty rough when you came yeah. through. Like you guys were all bringing the new juniors through, and just a bit of a rebuild there. And like copping losses, especially after all this success that you had coming through the junior grades. How'd you kind of handle that? And what was the kind of feeling like in terms of culture? It was always. It was. It was pretty. It was tough. It, it, because I was such a young bloke, I kind of, I was just so happy to be in that environment. Mm. And I didn't know any other environment either, I suppose. And it was always tough seeing the supporters after, As, especially I've kind of been on both ends where I've been losing. We've got the wooden spoon in 2001, now winning 2003. And so different, your mindset, um, so different. 
Um, but you know, they had a pretty good culture there. We had Matty Adamson there. Carter was still playing, which is really good. Um, so I got on with the boys there. Um, but it was, it was tough growing, especially the 2001. 2002 was a really hard year. I still remember that first game when we got flogged against Parramatta. It was, it was Parramatta Stadium, so hot. And, um, yeah, it was, it was tough. When I look back at it now, it was, it was really tough. But um, we're all pretty positive young blokes back then. Yeah, even being young, Luke, could you see a bit of a catalyst of a change? Like, I know John Lang comes in and he brings some good players with him. But was there anything that really that you could identify that, that really was the turnaround for that 2003 season? Um, I just think we had a, we had a group of boys who just loved being around each other and thrived being around each other yep. and loved putting the hard work in. Um, and I grew up with Lukey Lewis since I was 11, 12. I remember playing some doms and he used to play uh, Blacktown, Blacktown City it was. Yep. He had a little rat's tail and Danny Glee had this big <laughs> mullet, biggest mullet I've ever seen. At Francis um, Park. <laughs> I've been, yeah, been playing them two forever. So, um, and we kind of pushed ourselves. I mean, there was most from when he was in grade and I was in grade, the two, 2002, 2003, like we'd go to the training an hour and a half before and be doing catching bombs for 45 minutes, doing agility stuff. And it, I mean, yeah. Hour, even t- two hours before the actual session, and we just thrived. Both of us just thrived on rugby, and it was just our whole entire life. And then, I mean, people just not that we started it, but you'd see, you know, Langy out there doing his stuff. Preston was just a freak. Gowie was the same, he was out hour and a half before. Yep. Um, and then you've got, you know, Ryan Girl, who's just a freak of nature, um, there. So, and I think we just all just grew together and we just got confident, more confident, more confident, just kind of snowballed. Mate, what about the rig now on Louis? He came over to do a podcast a couple of years ago. He nearly couldn't fit on the seat, mate. He's that big. <laughs> From a winger. Yeah. Yeah, he was always like he had bigger bones and you could tell he's a bit thicker. Um, I haven't seen him for a few years, but I've heard he's – He's a big unit now. Oh, mate, the guns on him! I couldn't, I could not believe that. Like you said, like you two spot the wing together, and then he was outside back. He did, and mate, some of the things that they reckon he does at sharks training still, they reckon he could still play. Probably could. He, I think he's one of those guys. He just his body's just uh, doesn't break down. He's pretty solid, pretty robust. Um, just massive unit. Loves his weights. I remember him loving his weights back then as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, huge, <laughs> mate. Do you need any water before you was we're half an hour in? Do you need any water or anything before we continue? I'm good, mate. I'm fine. I'm okay, perfect. All right, mate. 2003, mate. You know what? The best signing in the world for Penrith, Preston Campbell. He's my favourite player of all time. Still, he's a little oh, bloke God. like me. What was it like to play with Presto, mate? But he was unreal. He was just unreal because he was such such a nice bloke, and everyone knows like Preston how nice of a bloke he is. So relaxed. Um, some of the things he used to do training were just so freakish. Like he just pulled these things out. Um, he was just a freak, an absolute freak. But the biggest, he had a massive drive when he used to play. Like he had a huge heart. Mm. And I remember in 2002 when he played for Cronulla, I remember seeing him. He was on the wing. He used to go on the wing for defense yeah. and then go back in. And like I got the ball and I ran it. I'm going to run over this guy. I've got him trying to pump my legs and he's just taking me down Drop straight you. away. So I knew when he came. <laughs> He was all over it. And he did it. I think he did it twice that night. Um, but it was just unbelievable. And you didn't really know what he was going to do as well. Like us following him, we just backed him up. Um, 
Yeah, it's just a special play, and it's great to see Sun play this year. Yeah, so like made me feel real old, but um, <laughs> great. Did you know? Was he born back? Yeah, he would have definitely. He's about eighteen, oh, yeah, nineteen. Yeah, I remember him yeah, real small when he was younger. Yeah. Okay, yeah. nice, mate. What was it like playing? Because mate, Gerds again. Like Gerds is a really underrated center. Like those flick passes he used to give you. Like, did you have like a little special connection there? Uh, we never, we never really talked about it. Gerds was just. I think we just complimented each other. So I was like, I was a winger, I was six foot four. So getting off the mark was probably my, not my strong point mm. where Gerds had that really good ability where he'd kind of get on the outside, draw that winger just, just a tad or fully in and then pass to me. And then I was already at speed and I had a bit of a uh, right hand palm as well. And he just did that really well. Um, and he wouldn't even, he wouldn't say much at all. Gerds He's really quiet, really relaxed. Um, and he was just a freak with those passes or just he could read anything. And what really impressed me was just his defensive skills. Um, and he would just say, like, would, would be sometimes trying to tackle half the field. And I was, like, freaking out, saying, Gerds, get him out. He's like, mate, just relax. We'll just bluff ourselves out of here. Just just talk it up. We'll be fine. And every time he, just, he, he took the lead and I'd follow him. Um, and not many people would talk about his defence, but for his size and that, he's he was yeah, he was unbelievable. Yeah, totally agree, mate. You know, we talked about before. You know, you spoke about the work ethic of the team, players turning up early and all that sort of stuff. In terms of the vocal leader, someone that really stood up in terms of leading the culture and leading the drive of the team, who was that? Um, well, I think John Lang had a huge um, impact. I think he, he, he built us up where in 2002 we were really struggling and he kind of got our confidence up, um, which I think he did the main thing with the culture. He was an unbelievable coach. Um, but then you had you had a lot of people not really talk up but just come to training and they will be ripping in all the time. I think um, Luke Prittis would have to be the one you'd have to say talked it up. Um, like a vocal person when it was needed. Gowie, of course, he was captain. Yep. Um, Sattler. Sattler was a big one as well. Um, so just people like that. And then we just kind of got on that. So the big three. And then Jolie Clinton would, would pipe up sometimes with a good little speech at halftime. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was probably them three. And then everyone just kind of went on the back of that. Nice. Mate, grand final week, like for a young 20-year-old Again, there's 20 year olds in this team as well. You and Louis and a few others. Uh, uh, yeah, it's freakish. Mate, how did you kind of like approach that week? Um, I still remember a lot of that week. It was it was a great week. I remember after we beat the Warriors in the semi final, and I was me, Louis were on the just we went out to the stadium, and it was with Tony Live and our physio, and we're like, how good is this going to be next week? And I think we we weren't really nervous. We we're just excited, enthusiastic. Um, and then throughout the week, Langage pretty much just said, we're not, we're just going to do everything like we usually do. We even catch the bus uh, from Penrith to the stadium. So everything was quite normal, set for the grand final breakfast. Yep. Um, so that was, it was great. We had a fan day. That's about it. I remember um, after grand final breakfast, the food, there just wasn't much food. So Louis goes, oh, come on, let's go to Macca's. <laughs> like, Mate, it's grand final week. <laughs> Typical Louis went to Macca's. And I remember Andrew Johns <laughs> yelled at it. He yelled something because he was there and he yelled out something. Like, you can't have grand, like Maccas on grand final day or something. Oh, two days before. <laughs> yeah, but we um, we did that. And I think we're just, you know, we're just all quite young and just we're just excited. So I remember getting to the game and 
Um, I remember Louis said somewhere about seeing Preston Campbell just relaxing, you know, sleeping before the game. And I think we're all like that. Like, what? it's funny when you think it's probably the biggest game you're ever going to play. Yep. Um, but went out there, you were just so enthusiastic and you just felt, what, how, what am I going to bring to this team that I can get us over the line? You know, if you keep it simple um, and, and then you can execute. Mate, what was the last kind of, like, word from Johnny Lang? Uh, I think just take everything normal. It's just yep. kind of a game as well. I can't remember everything he said. Um, you just had it all. You had everyone from Penrith kind of back you up. You had Lange. I remember um, Alexander. Greg Alexander was our kicking and catching coach, and he was at me all week. Um, Wingy is going to come out of dummy half, try to go for that 40-20. Just be careful with those. So he was giving me hints there and there, just little things that – if you've got it in your back of your head, just be aware of it and then you, you can execute it. And, and we did. But um, I think it will just so relaxed more more than the Sydney Roosters, I think, anyway. Yeah, mate. Jesus, it was wet that day because I still remember that day because me and Grant went to his mum's house. She's got a pool and we're having this big uh, pool party. But it ended up just yeah. pissing down all day, so it was just ruined. It was, yeah. I, I remember, yeah, it was really bad. I remember coming at half time thinking, oh, it's not, it's not too good, but... I was just so enthusiastic that you just kind of forgot about it, really. I remember going to the game and the bus and it was raining a bit. Um, but, yeah, some I was some games you think, oh, it's raining and that, but that grand final was just – had something special about it. I, I reckon deep down we knew that we could really get over the line. Luke, I've got some special – I told you I was going to play some clips for you. And yep. uh, I think – More grand final. Mate, that's the first one. Seriously, did Prittis say to you before the game, I'm on here? Like, he, that was incredible. You, you always knew with Prittis. That's the thing. Like, he always eat training, the little show and goes. And I remember in one game, he fooled, even fooled me and I missed it. I was about maybe six or seven weeks before that. And I'm like, I'm never going to miss another one. I just seen him uh, go right and then went left. I'm like, he might be on here. I, I, I don't want to miss it. So I just put my foot down and... And he slowed down a bit for me and great pass, mate. Um, to, to this day, his game in that grand final night was absolutely unbelievable. It is, Yeah, I think it's one of the greatest grand final performances of all time. Like, Yeah, I, I, I can't think of a, a better one for me. I'm, I'm biased, of course, because it was uh, – <laughs> um, I think I just can't think of a different one. A person who's just grabbed that game by two hands and went, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something about it. Mate, let's go through another special moment of this and tell me, because you're going to be on the other side of the field for this one. It's come off the feet of the Roosters. Fiddler's gone after it. Then he scoops the ball away to Byrne. Byrne puts on a fin. Then he puts on a sprint. Sattler is chasing. Sattler is playing. The tackle of the day. What a tackle. Seriously, Luke, mate, that's a winger. He's a fast winger, Todd Byrne. Like, you're on the other side of the field. What's your thoughts on that one? Uh, Sutler's just, he's always been one of those guys who's just a bit of a fitness freak as well. Yeah. When I was coming into the grade, he was always out front, always, you know, always ripped, always, um, had massive energy and always, he was pretty fast and he knew he rugby, he knew how to do his lines and that. Um, 
So it didn't didn't surprise me that he that he got him. Um, but Sats, yeah, he did, that was an unbelievable tackle. And I think that kind of that well, we knew it turned the game around, but it just gave us more of this big lifting. And I remember the whole team just went over and hugged him, and then we we knew we could really do it from there on. And one of the best moments of grand finals, I reckon. Yeah, for sure, mate. How many, mate? He must get shouted beers still, I reckon, in Penrith. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I, I think so. He, um, yeah, he, and well, well deserved. He, all all season, not just that tackle, but he led from the front all season. Great bloke, and he's one of the person who's really took me under his wing when I was younger. When I was just coming into grade, yep. I remember he's my first roomie. Um, Your first roomie, okay. He's my first first roomie, first uh, first player to get me really absolutely blind drunk as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> my dad wasn't happy after that night um, But uh, great bloke He took me under his wing um, which, which meant a lot And um, yeah, great bloke Luke, the final one from the grand final I've got for tonight And this one And so is Gower They take another one Prittis goes wide to Rooney's oh! over Rooney's in His second try It is Penrith's And mate, in the right corner, the Penrith fans there. Take me through that moment. Uh, it was. I thought, to be honest, I was just kind of waiting back just in case got another charge down for the field goal. Um, but as I said before, I kind of missed one seven weeks ago. I said I'm not going to miss again. So whenever you kind of, you always got to be on because you might come back. Um, and I knew we had an overlap. Um, I just wasn't sure if he was going to pass me that ball because if he did get an intercept, it was Walker and no one's going to catch him. But, um, yeah, unbelievable, mate. When I got, got over that line, yeah, ecstatic. Another awesome play from Prudo. And I remember scoring a try and Sats came over and goes, mate, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. I'm like, oh, come on, surely we're going to and just tear it up. So, um, yeah, but, yeah, it was unbelievable, mate. And great memories from that. Mate, how long did you – I saw the lately the boys were – mate, they were still in their kit three days after. Like, how many days <laughs> – how many days were you in their kit for? Oh, mate, I did see that. Yeah, we were, We changed our kit straight away. Um, we, we had a yeah, big, big week. I did see them. They were there in the kit for about three or four, were they? Yeah, four days? absolutely. Him, Kurt Capewell yeah. and Kikau, they didn't get changed, mate. Mate, um, yeah, that's unreal. And good on them. Um, but I, I remember we had suits on. We had to put suits on after the game. And I remember Chris Hicks just went through and cut all of our sleeves. So we're just walking around in sleeveless suits. <laughs> Panthers. Um, yeah, it was unreal going into the crowd, crowd surfing and just seeing all the, the Panthers supporters just going off. Um, yeah, it was good. But, we, yeah, we didn't keep our kid on, that's for sure. So what they do, mate, is it – so back to Panthers, you see the fans. Then do they get you a private room? What happens there? Yeah. So we went and seen the fans. We've got a because um, it was still raining it fairly heavily, and I remember coming to the Panthers. They took it to the back door, and I forget what nightclub it used to be called. There's a nightclub. I'm sure you've been there, mate. Every, um, <laughs> At Penrith, yeah, for sure. Oh, I don't know what it's called. It's probably changed its name a fair bit. Is it um, Embassy? Is that the one? Uh, I've heard of the Embassy. No, I think that's the one. In, in that the one's High near Street, the yeah. That's near High Street, yeah. Uh, anyway, it's called some. I forget what it's called. Um, but they took us there, and that was absolutely chock of like thousands of people there. I uh, had a little presentation, and then we uh, had a room upstairs, 
And then we just got all the families up and pretty much stayed there for the most of the night. Um, and then we just kept going. I, I don't actually remember much about the Monday. Oh, no, we had Mad Monday. There we go. We had Mad <laughs> Monday. So I think I, I had a quick shower, went straight back out to Mad Monday. That was another huge one. And I just remember getting this text message on Tuesday morning about four in the morning saying, from Gerds, you've got to be at Panthers at eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> go start at Panthers. So he had another go at Panthers, and then we went to um, the fan day, and it was boiling hot. So, and then we went back to Panthers and then um, got some tattoos that night, and, um, and then, yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> wow, wow. Mate, how long did it take you guys to come back to Earth? Like, did you get like a, a long break from training compared to the other years? Uh, we, we, we got a bit longer, yeah. No, not a lot longer, but we got a bit. Um, mm. I think we were all pretty keen to get back anyway. And we had the World Club Challenge, I remember that year. That's right. Um, so we had to kind of get ready for that. And, we, and we're, all, we're all young, just keen, eager to get to go to England and play as well. It was unreal. So we had a bit longer, a couple of weeks longer, and then we're back into it. Mate, did you sense, like for 2004, did you sense because of the, the nature of you guys being the young guns and really pulling off that big upset against the Roosters, was was team just naturally coming after your heart? I think so, yeah. I think they were. I mean, it's, it's a lot different when you've won something and then everyone, you know, it's just like everyone's kind of peaking to beat you that, that year. So it is a lot harder. Um, and we had a pretty good season that year as well. We just lost to the Bulldogs in the semi. That's right. Uh, which they went on to win. Um, so we're, we're pretty close to winning, winning that as well. But um, it was tough. We learned a lot that season. Um, but, yeah, still good times, good memories. We couldn't go all the way, but that's the way it is. Yeah, mate. Now, Origin, the next year you make your Origin debut, but it's off the back of, what, Gaznier and Mini being naughty. So <laughs> It was. Talk me it through that. It was a shock call. I'm not laughing about Gaz and Mini and that, but um, it was a shock. It was um, – I just remember being – I heard about it, and then I remember being – I was going to play – I was in North Queensland, and we are going to – it was like a Friday night game, and I just remember Lange coming in and saying, oh, Luke, you just made State of Origin. You're not playing tomorrow night, wherever it was. It was just like a big shock. Um, and then on the Monday morning, I went straight from Townsville, straight to Coogee, Coogee Bay or wherever it's called, the um, I forget what it's called, the hotel there. And just it's just another different kind of thing, like 50 photographers everywhere, and you're walking in. I remember meeting Gus there and you meet all these players and ex players who you just looked up all your whole life and you're quite yeah. it's quite intimidating really. Yeah. Sure. Got, yeah, coming into that. And I only had three days to really prepare, which is probably the best thing. Um, and loved every minute of it, mate. Origin is just another a whole different kettle of fish, that's for sure. Mate, I was there for your debut and the reason why I remember it is because of Timo's his little drop goal. And I've got it. I wanna yeah. play it. I'll play it to you if you haven't seen it yeah. for a while. I'll- Eight points all. We are in Golden Point extra time. A shot from Timmons has got the height. It's got yes. the length and the crowd goes up. Hempstead awards the point. The Blues have won it. The Blues have won Origin 1. How good was that kick, Lukey? Unreal, wasn't it? Unreal. And it was wet that – was it a bit wet that night? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, it was wet that night, mate, yeah. Yeah, so it's tough. It's tough doing a field goal that far out when it's wet. And um, mate, great moments. First Origin to win it like that. It was um, it was unbelievable. And you got to play Bluey as well. You know what I mean? We played juniors ever since we were twelves. Go up, go up, win a grand final, and get to play Origin. 
together. It was um, a special moment. I tell you what was cool, just looking at the record books. They put you in number two that night, then you put number five and five on. Not many wingers can say they had both numbers for the New South Wales, mate. I didn't even know that. Yeah, oh, you did. At check, what you, what'd you do with your jerseys? Uh, I gave one, I'm pretty sure I gave one to my mum and dad. Yep. Um, I've still got them. I'm sure they're all at my mum's house, which I've got a, a really got a frame just because I've been everywhere and I haven't really been back home for ages. Um, so I have to start framing them. Yeah. So they're all at my mum. Everything, all my kit, all my rings, my grand final rings and the origin, they, I don't have them at the moment. Um, it's all memories, mate. Mate, have you played like the grand final and your origin moments to Liam? Uh, no. I, I, first time I kind of played was, I think it was last year when Penrith started making a, oh, they started becoming good and they started playing old clips. And I'm like, Because oh, he didn't believe you, did he? No, he didn't believe me. <laughs> His friends, I go, there's Papa. He's like, um, no, seriously, it was you? And then that's where he kind of, oh, he knew that I used to play. Nice. Does he call you Papa? Because that's what I call my I call my dad Pup, man. Ah, yeah. So yeah, he calls me Papa. So um, my French is pretty bad, so I don't speak French. Then my my missus speaks French to him, and I speak English or bogan English, I call it. So um, yeah. Otherwise, he picks up bad influences from me. <laughs> Luke, one more clip, mate, that I've got, and I've got to ask you what it's like to play with your idol and be there for his final game of Origin. Origin has been here. And he does this. The best they've come up with was a draw. Lockyer, charge down, no knock on. Fiddler's got the score. Fiddler, it's farewell. It's farewell. Come for the try. Freddie Fiddler scores. Now, mate, from doing a bit of research, this bloke's your idol. Like, talk me through being in camp with Freddie Fiddler. It, it was, yeah, it was, it's funny how kind of life well, you kind of look up to Freddie. I know I've looked up Freddie ever since he was playing for Penrith back in the day, when in 91, and even when he went to the Roosters, I absolutely, absolutely loved him. Um, and he was my number one player um, coming through, like pretty much most people from Penrith. Um, and it was weird playing a grand final against him the year before and, and beat him because, you know, he's from Penrith and that. Um, and I didn't even – I remember Freddie being on the ground after the grand final. I just didn't know what to say. Me and Louis went and said, oh, we should say something. I just I didn't know what to say, so just kind of, yeah, sorry, mate. And then to get to play the um, – the, he came into Origin. It was like such a nice bloke, Freddie. Um, and he just came into Origin. I think everyone just lifted even more. Um, and I still remember this day that I was in Dummy Half. This was the first session I did with Freddie. I, I was a bit nervous because it's Freddie. I remember <laughs> I was at Dummy Half and I threw this ball and I was like, Look, it's not the greatest ball, but it wasn't bad. And I remember he was just talking through, he goes, Rooney, you've got to give me a, um, a better ball than that or some of like that. And I cut me so deep. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> but ever since then, I was like, went out, just practiced those balls all the time. Um, and he was right. He's got to call me out. And I think that's why he's so good because he's just he's precise at everything he does. Yeah, mate. It would have been unreal, unreal. We all looked up to him, mate. So you lived out a, a childhood yeah. dream, bud. That was good. Mate, talk to me about your neck injury because you got fused, right? I got fused, yeah. So I think it was 2007. So um, I had a few kind of lean years. And then 2007, I think, was personally, I think, was one of my best years. I was feeling really fit. Um, and then kind of halfway through, I remember getting tackled and I just had a pins and needles down the arm. And I know that's not good. I'm like, oh. And it kind of went away and the doc said, oh, fine. And then um, it kept playing up, kept waking up, 
like for the next four weeks, I was still playing with big pins and needles down my neck. And we're like, oh, you better go um, get a, C, uh, a scan. And I've got a scan and like literally an hour later, I've got this like phone call doctor saying, don't train, don't do anything. I had like a protruding disc. And then two days later, I had to get surgery, got it fused wow. and it caged around it in the neck. Um, and I, that does take away your confidence a bit because you, you feel very vulnerable mm. like you haven't before. And it's, it's what they're saying. I played with it when it was, you know, it, it wasn't great. And if I got one more knock, it could have been, you know, it couldn't have been good. So um, it kind of takes your breath away like, oh, Shivers, football's not everything. I've really got to look after yourself. And um, so that was out for a good three, three and a half months. Wow. What was it like? That, that's kind of like initial stages back at training. Were you just very careful? Yeah, I was pretty careful. Um, they're pretty good, the rehab guys, you know, it's the NRL, so they're really onto it and they really, they did look after you. Um, so I just kind of steadily just kind of got through it. But I think there's still a part of you when you get into that bad, it's quite serious that you're just a bit hesitant going yeah. into things. Um, and it just took me a while to get back. But, um, yeah, it's not good. But lucky I only had the one which I've heard um, especially in France, the big forwards, they have, you know, two two of the fusions. And I think the third one or even the second one now, you can't play again. So, yeah, it's quite lucky. Wow. Man, let's wrap things up with your career, especially at Toulon, mate. Am I getting this right that Tana Umang assigned you? Yeah. So, uh, 2008, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And Gowie was playing in Beirut, yep. a French rugby club. And he was going, well, he's, and he came over to Penrith and he's like, you should put your contract out because I just had a I had a – chat with him as you do and um i put put a i um got my agent to put something out and um got back from tana umanga like so like, i love this guy he's awesome <laughs> like, yeah. i was a bit of a union fan but i was more of like i just remember if you think of the all blacks you always thought of him um and he was a big league fan and he was nearly signed newcastle he told yeah, me yeah, well. remember, yeah. So um, I was like, geez, that would have been unreal seeing you play league because he would have been unreal. He was a, I think he was a league, <laughs> a massive. They all love their league. Yeah, um, absolutely. So he, he got me over, but there was a lot of people going over there. Was, um, Jerry Collins was over there. They had a wealth of names, and he was awesome, Tana. He took me under his wing and just showed me kind of the ropes and uh, actually how to play because it's totally different games. Mate, how cutthroat? Because they've got a, like a really rich owner, and then the squad's huge too, right? Yeah, well, I think the owner, what well, I had, Murad uh, Bujilau, he's a, like a, um, he owns all these comic strips in France and he's really, really wealthy and he's very <laughs> cutthroat. Yes, you've seen nothing like, like, yeah. I'm not sure if it's come from him or anything, but um, I've seen some, pra- yeah, some things go on. We are, wow, yeah, you, you really are a piece of kind of meat. So yeah. um, definitely not like, yeah, over here. I'm not sure it's probably changed now, but yeah. Um, it, it was crazy, mate. And then I remember I spent one year there and I had the next year and then he would, he would just buy people from South Africa. Johnny Wilkinson was coming, uh, people from Australia. It was just unbelievable. What's Johnny Wilkinson like? Mate, great bloke. Great bloke. He's um, one of the best blokes you ever meet, really down to earth. Um, I, had a, I was in a band with him. We, we did a band. <laughs> really? On. Okay. So um, he went... <laughs> We didn't really have a name, but mate, it was great. We had a yeah, we had like this team band, and not a team band. It was four of us, um, so it was good times, mate. He's just a great bloke and really precise at everything he does, and that's why he's like one of the best and won the World Cup for England. Mate, what's the in terms of you know you know yourself how hard it is in the NRL in terms of training? What's it like over there in France in terms of training the strength and conditioning side of things? 
back then it was pretty bad. <laughs> like pretty bad. Yeah. We were pretty good in Toronto because we had some Kiwis over there running the show. Okay. But, I mean, they were pretty pretty old school. I mean, my last year after Toulon when my body was breaking down a bit anyway, but I went to a place called Carcassonne, which is where they did Robin Hood, the big castle. It's yeah, beautiful. yeah. It's, it's beautiful. But, I mean, their physio was like if you tore a muscle, you'd rest for three weeks and then you'd be straight into contact after three weeks. Wow. And then you redo it. And you're like, well, of course I'm going to redo it because their rehab's terrible. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. It's not it's not the greatest, but I'm sure it's, it's different now because um, it's, yeah, a bit more professional. I know there's a lot of English going over there and doing their programs. Yep. But the French have really good S&C guys. So, um, but the thing with training is it's such a big year. So you only have a four-week preseason mm. and then you'd be playing for 10 months. So you'd play mass- a massive amount of games. In between, you'd have a European Cup where you go to Italy, England, Ireland and play and for two weeks or three weeks, and then you'd go back into the season. Okay. Then you'd go back in the European Cup, and then you'd finish the season off. So it's a massive season, and it's just you just got to keep the wheels turning, really. Nice. Now, Luke, I told you I found a clip, and I like this one. This is probably my favourite, sorry, mate, out of all your clips. Wilkinson repart depuis les 22 mètres avec Palisson. Ça va se refermer autour de Palisson. Rouner reprend l'axe. Attention à Luc Rouner, qui a échappé un placage, qui a trouvé du soutien à l'accélération de Palisson. La solution à l'extérieur. Palisson a préféré solliciter Guito. La passe après contact de Guito pour Rouner. Luc Rouner qui va marquer. Ballon de récupération des Toulonnais qui fait. Et voilà comment Toulon revient à hauteur 14 partout. Mate, how good is Luke Rooney? And, and you're a fullback back there too, mate. Yeah, was, I don't think that was a forward pass at the end. It was in, <laughs> it was, it was in Toulon, so anywhere else I probably would have pulled it up. Right. And, mate, I didn't realise you were a fullback in, in Union. Yeah, I, I, I was better at fullback. It was, it was just it was a different game. And as I said before, I wasn't the the off the mark really. You know, I wasn't one of those players. So at fullback, I just had a bit more time, and I had a pretty good left boot, um, which helped out as well because you do a lot more kicking and a lot of high, especially in France. Yep. The rugby is a lot of high balls and stuff like that. So I kind of um, I was a lot better at fullback when I got to fullback. Mate, you're lucky you didn't get run down there. That that big bloke nearly got you there. He's big bloke, isn't he? Isn't he right? The South African, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I was running out of puff. The old legs, legs weren't the same as, as back in the old days. <laughs> All right, Luke, final question. It's just my dinner party question now. You've got five invites to a private dinner party. Now, the only rules, Luke, no family or friends, but you can invite anyone dead or alive. Who's coming to your dinner party? No family or friends. Five people. Oh, that's a tough one. Um... You put me on the spot here. I'm trying to think. I've got so many people I'd like to. Um, I suppose I'd like to have Paul McCartney there. That'd be good. Yep. Uh, I did like the Beatles. Um, trying to think. Dave Grohl, I'd like him there. He looks like a bit of a partier. The Phillies. Good stuff. Um, trying to think who else. I should say someone really intelligent. Um, who else would I pick? Uh, trying to think. Yeah, because I always bring friends and family, but if I can't bring that, mate, I've got no idea. You put me in a spot. <laughs> Those two, mate, with Dave Grohl there, it's probably all you need anyway. That's all you need. Few, yeah, as long as people can play some good music, maybe a uh, Dave Chappelle there somewhere to crack some jokes. Um, and who's a mad party? I just need a really good party. Um. 
trying to think who's a part of you. I don't know. Um, don't know, mate. Yeah. Someone, but yeah. Three will do anyway. Luke, before you go, I've got one question. It's just popped up in my mind. I saw that you did a little bit of coaching with the, the 20s. That you did a bit of SNC work with the Storm last year before the COVID hit. What was, yeah, what was it like going into, into camp? Because you only hear incredible stories about Craig Bellamy and the boys. Mate, they were, um, they were unbelievable. Like I went in and I just said, because I've got, I'm doing my own business, I had so much going on and um, I just wanted to really kind of help out. Cause, and I missed the rugby league. I just really missed the league. Mm. Um, so I spoke to Frank Panissi or one of my friends putting me in touch and, and he was unreal. He said, come down whenever you want. And, mate, I, I, I felt like going in there, like they're going to be a bit standoffish and a bit like that. But, mate, they were, it was like I played there for 10 years. Yeah. You know, they introduced – it was really weird because the SNC – not that I did much of them. I just watched that because I did a bit of SNC with the younger boys and then COVID hit and I couldn't really go. But um, they introduced me to, like, um, Smitty there in front of me and I actually felt weird because he's a guy that's done absolutely everything, 400 games and yeah. they introduced us. Just really good respect down there. And, you know, I left leaving there and I, I, I want to help them, the under-20s out again this year. Hopefully I can because I couldn't back then. Um, but they left you leaving the club on a high, um, and I always remember that. And it's just really good respect and seeing the way they train and go through things, and it's just another level, an absolute another level. And great people down there. And I, I get the feeling that it's a huge family. You know what I mean? It's it's they really look after each other. So I've yeah, definitely got a, a soft spot for the storm. That's for sure. Yeah, they can turn a winger too, mate. Jesus, got some good winners, wingers down there. Mate, some of them, they turn everyone. Everyone that goes down there, mate, it's, um, yeah, just thinking of a young player trying to get down the storm. It's just, why, why not? They've bred so many good players coming through. It's just like, um, it's actually quite freaky for a team for 12 years. Just to, like, honestly, the amount of success they got is just unheard of. Definitely. All right, Luke, before I let you leave, maybe give, you know, you're doing private coaching. You've also got your PT stuff. How can people yep. get in touch if they, they're interested in, in uh, hitting up about yep. that, mate? Uh, Rugby Pro Academy, just look that up on Instagram or Facebook. I've got a website for that, and that's just getting in touch if you really kind of want to get to that next level, just giving that programs and that what you need to do, S&C-wise and rugby-wise. And LR Performance is just a bit more in Melbourne, so that you can't really do much there, but that's just under LR Performance and Fitness. Um, yeah, so just enjoying, mate, trying to, you know, give back a bit and try to get these guys, you know, reaching their dreams like i got to, to do. Definitely. Well, Luke, I really appreciate you joining me on the podcast. Great to chat, mate. Great to have two Westies and just having a bit of a yarn great. and having a bit of a laugh, mate. So that's good. Mate, perfect, mate. Great. Thanks for having me as well.